Greg, have you seen any good movies lately? Dude, I don't I don't really watch movies much. Um, Same, actually. <laughs> yeah, there was like a... Right after I got married, uh, we moved from Grove City to Dallas, Texas. And all we could take with us was what we could fit in the minivan. Mm-hmm. So we had the head thing loaded. And uh, we decided not to take a TV. It was a conscious choice. Like, we don't want a TV. You guys didn't have a U-Haul or anything? You just no, straight, just that's whatever wild. we could fit in the minivan. So we drove to Texas, had no TV, didn't watch any TV or movies for, I want to say, nine months or so. That's actually kind of fire. Um, but we came back here for Christmas, and I got together with a couple friends, and they were like, hey, you want to go see the new Star Wars movie? And I was like, yeah, sure, great. Uh, and we did. We went to see the new Star Wars movie, and like half an hour in, I was like nauseous. Like, really? Yeah. Oh, just because of the, the motion? Yeah, I hadn't seen movies for, you know, what, probably like, six months at that point you got used to a non-animated and life suddenly watching star wars with like all the movement and the flashing lights and cgi the quick cuts every yeah. couple seconds like you were I, actually like, physically, physically nauseous. like didn't feel good that's wow that's yeah. crazy yeah yeah um it's kind of funny like with those sorts of things if you take a period of detox from things we get used to Suddenly, when you come back to it, it's like, well, this is this is strange. I know for me, I I haven't experienced that with movies, but I have experienced that with soda. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I never grew up drinking soda much at all. It'd be like you know a couple times a year, but then finally, I don't know, somewhere around like the end of high school, I was like, I don't know, it's there's a lot of sugar in soda, and I don't even enjoy it that much, so I'm just gonna stop drinking it ever, yeah. ever like I just basically never drink it instead of just rarely drink it, and then. Uh, now, if I like ever have a sip of soda, I'm like, this is gross. Like it, it just tastes like, yeah. like cough syrup or something. Like it, it has such a fake taste. It's kind of disgusting. Absolutely. But, yeah. Yeah, I remember one. I think it was maybe it was Lent. Um, didn't like no sugar. So 40 days, no eating, like added sugar. Mm-hmm. And I, what That's I noticed intense. during that time was I started to enjoy like natural sugar more. Mm-hmm. So instead of eating like a brownie or a cookie after dinner, right. I'd have like a nice piece of fruit mm-hmm. and man, like you could tell there was a difference. Oh yeah. It tasted so much. It's better. still sweet, but it you don't feel like crap while you're enjoying yeah, it right. too. Yeah. Not only do you feel good about eating it, but yeah. it tastes better. Too. It does. Yeah. No, I actually did kind of the same thing in 2019. I, I remember for some reason I had chosen like, you know, I don't want to have added sugars anymore. And so, I basically just cut them almost completely out of my diet. And by the end of that year and like the beginning of 2020, I was hooked on apples. I like, <laughs> I ate so many apples every day. I remember like my mom would bring nice. back like a, a bag of apples from like, there's, there's an orchard in our town. So you can buy, you know, big, big apple, like a big bag of apples. And I would like just tear through that. Like everybody else would get like, you know, a couple and I would just like eat half the bag in a couple days. <laughs> nice. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I guess it's kind of relating to like what we want to talk about. But just like the the contrast between kind of fake, uh, you know, sugar coated reality versus uh, true reality, which uh, yeah. So you you have anything to say about that, Greg? Just I mean, I, I was kind of vague there, but uh, we we kind of wanted to talk today for anyone listening about uh, well, for one thing, in our technologically advanced age, we have a kind of vast separation between our daily experiences. Because they're often rooted in, you know, social media or or f- phone usage or just kind of this weird fantasy life in general. Um, we're kind of it's separated from sort of down to earth gritty reality. Yeah. No, this is something I like to think and 
talk about a lot. Um, yeah, just ask my wife. It's one of these things we complain about. You know, you mm -hmm. go outside and experience reality. Like, wow, I really needed that. Yeah. Right? You're inside for a whole rainy day. I've noticed this with my, my little guy, too. He's about two and a half now. And uh, if we have a rainy day or it's like freezing cold and we can't go outside, he starts to go stir crazy. Wow. And I think, you know, his little two and a half year old going stir crazy, mm -hmm. needing to be outside in nature, like we might as adults be able to kind of act like that doesn't happen to us. Mm -hmm. But I think really deep down it does. Like, it's it an instinct. It makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Get outside and get some fresh air. Yeah. Touch some grass. Mm -hmm. you know? Literally. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I totally feel that. It's sort of like the the everyday uh, just life equivalent of kind of that that thing that you experienced with with fruits and brownies like mm. you know you you can get used to a diet that that takes in a lot of unnatural sweets um but then when you kind of step away from it you realize oh wait i can actually genuinely appreciate good kind of natural sugars and i actually need those like for for the sake of good health i think a similar thing can happen with like our busyness as adults like um, we get so busy caught up in, uh, you know, our daily chores and like the things we need to do every day, like our, all of our tasks and especially, uh, you know, all the things we have to do in, in our using like technology, um, mm. that we kind of forget about the, the more natural life and the pleasures that come with just, yeah, experiencing nature for one thing. Uh, being in the outdoors and whereas kids because they don't have all those distractions or that whole kind of fantasy realm to engage their attention they're more directly aware of their need for for nature and to be out outdoors i think we kind of like call it childish like you know like you said mm -hmm. wanting to be running around all, all outside all the time i think it's actually healthier for us that, that kind of idea yeah for sure and i yeah thinking about kids and yeah, like in a lot of ways, they don't have the same fantasy world mm -hmm. distractions that we do as an adult, right? Mm -hmm. Like my little kids can't pull out their phone and be on TikTok all day or, right. you know, spend hours on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but even though we try to keep them away from screens, like if somebody turns the TV on, even if it's, you know, not anything particularly exciting, they're still, they're still really drawn yeah. to it yeah. and it'll suck them in, even yeah. if they're just watching commercials mm -hmm. honestly like, yeah there's something about the flashing lights and the changing mm -hmm. pictures and the sound is just you know sucks them in too totally no that, that's kind of i think some of the danger of screens and you know our, our age of screens is that you realize it's not um the actual it's not anything deep necessarily that draws us in to attending to, to those kind of distractions it's often just kind of the, the flashing lights and the mm -hmm. very like uh uh, accidental qualities that they just suck us in kind of addictively so it's like like you're saying kids like i see this with my own nephew you know if you know if you put put something on the tv um might be something totally boring but he'll just be hooked like he'll, he'll watch it. and it's not something wrong with him it's just normal it's like what our, our eyes tend to do um and yet it's not like say you were to put on a movie with like you know a complex plot he he he's like three years old he's not following the plot he's honestly following the dialogue <laughs> right. that that deeply um but he'll still look at it because not because he's like actually engaged with the story, but simply because it's something in front of him. There's something intrinsically, I think, about the way our screens work and particularly how animation works and how just we use imagery nowadays that that is meant to suck us in kind of even against our willpower. Yeah. And it's yeah, I don't want to say that 
technology is evil and screens are bad. You know, I make jokes all the time that I'd love to be a Luddite and go back to yeah. using candles, like smash all the TVs. Dude, be Catholic Amish. the light bulbs. You know, yeah, sick that'd be? be fire. Yeah, could ride horses everywhere. But that's not the world we live in and really no. it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, we do want to acknowledge that there are legitimate goods to be had right. from technology, mm-hmm. you know, um, everything from like medical technology, totally like being yeah. able to treat crazy illnesses that like would have been a death sentence 200 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but even, you know, less intense than that, um, you know, there's a plethora of great resources online mm-hmm. from, you know, articles, videos. Yeah podcasts things like that i mean Mm -hmm. the fact that i can go on amazon and like literally any great classic book of western civilization i can just have it shipped to my door in 40 hours yeah yeah no it's it's, that's super true because i mean in in olden days you would have been limited by a very narrow selection of what you have to read for example Mm -hmm. you you don't have kind of the the whole world at your fingertips but nowadays we, we do have the whole world at fingertips we can really just uh, okay, yeah, you want this book uh, that's printed on the other side of the, of the world? Well, you can have it shipped here in a few days. Um, you know, and money transactions and, and all kinds of other information that we're able to, to exchange nowadays that we wouldn't have ever been able to before the information age. But I think there's also danger in uh, the fact that we have the whole world at our fingertips, yeah, which is sure. um, you, you can basically have an... You could, at this point... You truly can spend a lifetime if you wanted to yeah. on TikTok alone or on Instagram alone. Like it's, it's scary when you think about it. Like it might sound like exaggeration, but there's literally so much content on YouTube mm-hmm. or on Instagram or on TikTok um, that you in an entire lifetime, I don't think you could view all of it. So like it'd be, and because of how addictive those apps can be and how addictive the Internet, I think, often is and screens in general. It's it's really dangerous to recognize, and it's dangerous to spend a lot of time on there. And we need to recognize that, like, if if you wanted to, you could waste your entire life doing that. And it's a it's a very <clears throat> present uh, danger, I think. You know? Yeah, I think in our age, there's a there's a shift toward recognizing that more. Mm-hmm. This this whole idea of mindfulness, yeah. right? Like, um, and I'm not huge on the term, right? But I think there is something really important about acknowledging, like, we need to be deliberate in yeah. how we use technology. Right. Um, and I mean, you know, maybe for some people it would be beneficial to go so far as to be Amish, you know, like get rid of the car, yeah. go back to a horse. Yeah. But for most of us, that's not the reality. And mm-hmm. for a lot of people, you know, you need a laptop and a practical. cell phone yeah. to work, mm-hmm. right? Just to support your family. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Um, but that's eight, 10, 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. What are you doing for the other half of your day? Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's really easy to move from using the phone for work to mm-hmm. using the phone to distract myself when mm-hmm. I'm at home. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time I have like with my wife, with yeah. my kids yeah. that I should be you know, fully mm-hmm. present to them. So being deliberate about how we use technology right. is huge. Totally. Yeah. No, it's sad to see. You'll see people sometimes couples on dates uh, at like a restaurant and the guy's looking at his phone and the girl's looking at her phone and you think, well, they went on this date to spend time with each other um, in person, but they would rather spend time with a fantasy environment, hmm. you know, yeah. surrounded by people that they're only connected with, you know, technologically rather than just spend the moment with one another in person face to face. And because, you know, like you were pointing out earlier, there are advantages to technology. I totally agree with that. 
like, but, but some of the advantages I think uh, have actually brought with them their own harms. Cause like, you know, one of the big yeah. advantages people were, were, were saying when the internet was introduced is, well, look, we have now have this benefit that you can communicate with anyone at any time. But the problem is now people would rather communicate through a device Hmm. with someone that they're not currently with than just spend time in the present moment with the person they're actually sitting next to. Yeah. And not only that, um, I know whenever email was introduced, right, the idea was this will be so much faster. Mm -hmm. It will make you so much more efficient. It can shorten your work day. Right. um, Because you can instantaneously message someone instead of physically writing a note, having it delivered to them. But really what's ended up happening is your day has gotten busier because you have to spend so much time checking emails and you're not really getting anything done. Mm-hmm. And also the expectations have shifted yeah. around that. So previously, you know, you would show up at the office and you would check your mail, mm-hmm. right? That would be a, an event that happened yeah. one time yeah. in a day. Right. Now that you have a continuous flow of email that can show up at any time, mm-hmm. you're just kind of expected to check it at all times, mm-hmm. right? Even when you're not at the office, when yeah. you're at home, especially now that we have email on our cell phones Mm -hmm. people can text you for work depending on what your job is right Mm -hmm. um but as soon as you get that notification there's sort of this expectation that you read it you respond appropriately and so instead of you know using the technology to work for us to make our life easier and have Mm -hmm. more time for leisure Mm -hmm. um in a lot of places it's ended up just increasing the demand and expectations on our time and giving us less leisure when we do have leisure time there's sort of that nagging in the back of our mind like mm-hmm. oh i better check my email i better get back to so and so about whatever you know right yeah that's that's a really good point so that's kind of like two sides of the same coin you know a good side and, and a bad side cuz mm-hmm. uh, the positive side is well if you want to you can contact somebody at any time whenever you need to the negative side of that is uh you learn to expect that uh they owe you their attention at all time you know right. and that whenever you want to reach out they ought to 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 respond yeah, so that, that's, that's so true, too. It's funny, too. I, I've realized that, like, um, I, I like what you pointed out, that, like, when you, uh, when in the olden days before there was email, you would have to make an actual event of checking your mail, maybe mm-hmm. once or twice a day. Um, I guess just once a day. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the point is, it was kind of an event. There was a concrete reality and, and an actual uh, activity you were doing. And it's funny, because I think our age of screens and and the internet has made any real life experience sort of more of an event, kind of like a special occasion (laughs) and that it's, it's made it almost out of the ordinary to just do things. We spend so much time scrolling and clicking. We've forgotten what it's like to just actually do things in the real world. Like, um, and I'm kind of speaking from my own experience that like just earlier in Christmas break, there was this, uh, like a day when the ground was covered in snow and uh, some friends were like, hey, we should go sledding. And I was like, dude, I haven't been sledding since I was like in high school. Um, <laughs> and it was lit. Like it was a really great time. So I was like, yeah, let's let's totally go. And so it was, it was a great time. We we went to uh, a park near our house and uh, there were like there were some good hills that we tried. And so we we're sledding for a while. And then afterwards, I remember thinking to myself like, yeah, g- good for me. I did. I did like an actual thing today instead of like <laughs> <Right>. instead of spending <laughs> the afternoon, you know, watching uh, YouTube or something. I, I actually spent it sledding and doing a real life experience. So I was kind of patting myself on the back for just doing something that a few years ago I would have just considered like, oh, of course you do that on a snow day because right. like it's, it's a fun thing to do. So why wouldn't you? But I was patting myself on the back for engaging even even just a fun activity just for the, for the sake of pleasure simply because it was a real activity and not something imaginary. Which I don't know if you relate to that, but I, 
but no, even after sure. I patted myself yeah. on the back, I realized this is pretty lame of me. I'm like, I'm <laughs> congratulating myself for just having a real experience rather than a, than a fake one. Yeah, I think about that a lot, um, kind of in reference to like messaging your friends mm-hmm. versus doing things with your friends, right? Yeah. Like I remember growing up being in grade school, if you wanted to hang out with somebody, you sure you picked up the phone, the landline, and you called their house and said, hey, can so-and-so come hang out, right? Like, yeah. Hey, can Nate come play basketball? Mm-hmm. And you'd say, sure, what time do you want to meet? You right. drive to the park and you play basketball together. Yeah. Um, but that was a normal thing. Like, that mm-hmm. was how you interacted. You didn't feel like, oh, we're doing something special. You're just like, oh, this is what we right. got to do. Like, yeah. This is how we, you know, grow our relationship, how mm-hmm. we spend time together. Mm-hmm. But now it's... Yeah, like you were saying, if you do something like that, it's a special event, mm-hmm. um, which you know is kind of interesting. It's, right. it's making those things in a way it elevates sort of it higher, but at the same time, the fact that our our sort of base level of interaction has been lowered to sending a couple characters here and there yeah. through a text right. or whatever, um, yeah, like that has serious repercussions for mm-hmm. our relationships with yeah. people. Um, and I think you know even before the phone, right, like walking over to the neighbor's house and knocking on the door being like, Hey, can you guys come play? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a totally different thing than like sending a message. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Right. It's like, you're not really, you're not doing investing anything. any time. Yeah. It's, it's too easy. You're right. It does have repercussions for a relationship. And also I think it flips the means and the end. Um, hmm. whereas like in, in, in a better time, I think, you might use the means of text messaging or messaging someone like on a social media. You use that as a means and the end is, okay, we're like, I'm, I'm, I'm messaging them so that I can spend some time with them doing a real activity. Or, you know, you might you might use that form of communication to get together with them. But now I've, I've seen more and more, um, you know, people's activities, their real life activities with their friends become the means to have something to like post on social media. So like, like there's this, this great uh, page I I follow on Instagram called um, boys being boys or something like that. (laughs) And it's actually, it's really wholesome. It just, they post like videos of guys just doing like total guy things. Like it might just be like guys chucking like huge rocks into a Creek and just guys love splashes. (laughs) Um, Simple stuff like that. We're just like doing kind of wild, somewhat dangerous stuff. And and in a sense, I'm like, that's kind of great that they, they have a page like this because it is wholesome and it brings guys together. But then I also realized, well, someone's filming this, right? Every every these every experience right. these guys do, they're like, okay, turn the camera on. Now we're going to do a guy thing. So it's like, in a way, they're making the, the experience, the real life experience, something for the sake of having content to post. Mm-hmm. Whereas ideally, you know, you yeah. use social media so that you can meet up with your friends and have some real experiences. Now it's kind of flipped. You have experiences, so you have something to post on social media. I don't know. <laughs> Man, yeah, no, that's interesting. I like how you put that, like, f- swipping, yeah, swipping, switching, reversing the means in the end. Um, because uh, treating your friends and your activities you do with your friends as a means to placate, you know, the judges on social media. Yeah, right? get some to, likes. To get all your friends to give you likes and, you know, validate you. Like, that's not at all where our identity should come from, mm-hmm. right? Um, we should be treating our friends as ends and of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. We should be doing whatever we're doing for the sake of building up that relationship, right? right? Growing closer to them. And I mean, in a good, rightly ordered relationship, growing closer to God together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And our worth, again, shouldn't come from the judges on social media. Yeah. We're, we're trying to get to validate us because totally. look, we did this cool manly thing together, mm-hmm. right? Um, those activities should be 
rewarding in and of themselves. Right. And, yeah. Just sources of memories. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I guess to switch to a more positive light then, if we do have this reversal in our culture where we're kind of glorifying the fantasy world, the dreamland of social media and the internet at the expense of real life experiences, how do you think we could um, find a remedy for that? Hmm. Yeah, just do real human things together. Um, I mean, that can be leisure activities. That can be throwing rocks in a pond to make a big splash. Mm -hmm. It can be, I mean, it can be anything. It could be working out together. Like yeah. Go for a run with right. some bros, right? Totally. Instead of going yeah. by yourself and popping in your headphones. Mm -hmm. um, you know, spend time and be willing to be bored together. Yeah. I think especially if you're like in a romantic relationship, right? Or you're married or you have kids. Mm -hmm. um, don't instinctively whip out your phone yeah. because, you know, your kid is entertaining themselves, mm -hmm. right? Like sit there and delight in their goodness, mm -hmm. right? And observe them, be in the moment with them, be ready to respond to them. Right. And, you know, this isn't something that like, I'm perfect and I never do that, right? I pull out my phone sometimes because my kids are occupied and mm -hmm. whatever. But I I notice a difference, right, between when I do that and when I just allow myself to sit and be present with them. In you know, I can tell in the way that I respond to them, like whenever my son turns to me and like says, Hey daddy, come do this with me. Yeah. Right. Like I'm ready to do it and I'm mm -hmm. more willing to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I'm, I'm present to him. Yeah. And I'm attending to him and what he's doing and what his needs are mm -hmm. instead of, you know, hearing him say, daddy, come do this as, you know, pulling me away from whatever I'm doing on my phone. Right. Absolutely. I love also what you said about, um, you need to get comfortable even with your friends being bored sometimes. I think that's part of the, the problem nowadays is thanks to TikTok, thanks to Instagram, thanks to, you know, a million different sources. We never have to be bored anymore. We can get a constant source of dopamine hits. And so I think, you know, people, people if you look statistically at our, our current um, world, there is more depression and anxiety than ever before recorded, right? Like young people today are recording that they're depressed at significantly higher rates than ever before. Yeah. And I think, here's the deal, I think our modern world is depressed because it's forgotten the value of boredom. Mm -hmm. um, it's forgotten the value of silence, right? Like there's there's some times when we shouldn't be listening to a podcast. This is ironic because we're making a podcast. But <laughs> right. there's there are some moments in our life where we shouldn't be listening to a podcast. We shouldn't be listening to music. We shouldn't be uh, looking for entertainment. We should just be comfortable in a state of boredom. And it ideally, you know, that happens with, with good friends around us too and with, with family members. So, you know, we're not just isolated by ourselves. But I, I think ironically, it's those those experiences of lulls and, you know, sometimes um, it's like silence that allows us then to appreciate real experiences all the more. Because um, if, you, if, you if you have constant noise all the time from every different angle, you can kind of get burnt out with it. And then, you know, someone proposes doing something fun in real life. It's almost like you don't even have the energy to it. You're like, it doesn't even sound that appealing, right? Because you've yeah. already gotten enough dopamine hits that day anyway from, you know, scrolling. So why do something real? But when you actually let yourself go through the the natural 
crests and troughs of daily life where you have moments of boredom and you have, you know, moments where you're a little bit sadder and other moments where you're a little bit happier. When, when you allow yourself to go through that organic process of crests and troughs, you actually appreciate happy moments so much more, I think. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and I think too, like, not only does the ability to sit with ourselves, right, to sit with our friends, to sit in silence, mm -hmm. um, affect our relationships with mm -hmm. our friends, right? Um, it affects how we see ourselves mm -hmm. and it also affects our relationship with God. Yeah. Right. Like a huge part of prayer is listening. Yeah. And if you're sitting there talking the whole time, mm -hmm. right. Just think about a human relationship with your friends. Right. Um, if I'm talking for an hour straight and I don't ever stop. I'm not going to be able to listen to my friends and yeah. anything they have to say. And that's not a very good friendship. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same thing with God. It's even harder, right? Because with a human friend, right? Like I see you sitting here physically, you're looking at me. Right. Um, but in a lot of ways, God isn't physically before us. Mm -hmm. So we don't have that sort of help, right? Yeah. To, to pay attention to him. Now, obviously he's God. And so he's present in unique ways, right? Mm -hmm. Being God, he's always present with us. Right. Um, but there's that sort of psychological difference of mm -hmm. not seeing a person. So it's even harder to you know, allow ourselves to sit there yeah. in silence and to listen to him. Um, whereas with, you know, a physical human friend, right? You, you look at them mm -hmm. and you can tell they see you, they see that you're expecting right. them to respond right. by your body language. But with, with God, like, we really have to cultivate that virtue of silence and recollection mm -hmm. to be able to turn off the noise mm -hmm. um, and to be quiet ourselves. Like, mm -hmm. We, I mean, first of all, we can't be talking the whole time, but also if our mouth is silent, but our brain is still running, yeah. you know, we still have whatever the last three videos we watched on YouTube mm -hmm. running through our brain. Um, it's going to be really difficult to turn to God and to listen to him. Absolutely. That just reminds me of something from uh, C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters, where um, Screwtape is commenting on, and uh, we've, we've referenced this before, but just for those who, who don't know, um, Screwtape is this uh, like fictional devil through which C.S. Lewis kind of communicates theology in a reverse way. He, he says, so Screwtape basically says stuff that for him is good, uh, and, and that is the sort of stuff that for us is supposed to be taken as bad. Right? He, he's, he, basically, his goal is to, to tempt <clears throat> humans and you know lead them astray. But um, anyway, one, one of the things Screwtape talks about is he talks about uh, silence. And it's in this one reflection. He's talking about, you know, in heaven, it, it is said um, that everything that is not music is silence. So that in heaven, there's this beautiful harmony where it's either glorious music that's praising the Lord or silence where you're just kind of sitting in the contemplation of God. Um, and Screwtape says, I, I detest them both, right? Like he, huh. he as the devil detests music and silence he what he likes is noise and i think like you you were saying greg um silence is at the core of uh, us encountering god often especially when we're taking the role of being listeners so you know if we inundate ourselves with noise all the time we will simply never be able to hear the voice of god we won't be able to encounter him in prayer and so i silence is really uh, foundational to growing in the spiritual life hmm. And, and we don't get that if we don't, you know, nowadays make a conscious effort to, to seek it out. So, I mean, like, yeah. in, in maybe in simpler times, you could just have silence on a regular basis reliably. But nowadays, you know, with all the distractions that we, we find around us, we have to make a real effort to put things aside, to put aside distractions, to seek out silence. 
Yeah. So I think you asked earlier, you know, to put a more positive spin on it, what can we do, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, the first thing, right, is getting rid of the distractions or at least minimizing them, right? Set aside certain times to put the phone away, right? Or, um, you know, uh, my wife and I have talked about, like, you know, whenever you get home, right, put the phone in a drawer. That's and really good. And then... It's yeah. not there in your pocket, mm-hmm. right? Tempting you, trying, yeah. like pulling on your mental energy to mm-hmm. distract you. Um, so that's the first thing. But on a more positive note, um, the things that you fill your life with should be good, true, and beautiful. Totally. Um, you know, I was saying just a couple minutes ago about the last three videos you watched on YouTube running through your brain whenever mm-hmm. you sit down by yourself in silence. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're you're filling your mind with, right, good, true, beautiful things like sacred scripture or beautiful music that praises mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. then those will be the things running through your mind, right? right? That's how you get to the point where you can meditate upon God's law day and night mm-hmm. is if you're making it a part of your life and mm-hmm. that's what's running through your mind. Yeah. And that makes it a lot easier whenever you do finally get the opportunity for silence mm-hmm. to have those thoughts, like the word of God already kind of going, right? Mm-hmm. And to take that time to sit and let God speak to you through them. Yeah, no, that's so, that's a great and beautiful point. Um, that really can't be emphasized enough. It's like, we don't want to reject modern noise and distractions just for the sake of rejecting them. We don't want to just free ourselves of those distractions so that we're vacant and empty. We, we want to free ourselves of those so that we can uh, be open and receptive to the actual content we should take in, you know, like you're saying, scripture, good literature, good music, um, even, even great art, you know, like we, we want to be in a state where we can undistractedly receive those good things so that our life is full and bountiful in all the ways that it should be, but, but basically not, uh, you know, uh, impeded by all the, all the distractions that we ordinarily encounter. And I think a great way to do that, like you said, is simply taking the, the active step of putting the phone away sometimes. And it, like I, I, I've fi- sort of experienced in my own life. I'm stuttering right now. In my own life, I've experienced it, it kind of like the ring in The Lord of the Rings. Hmm. Um, you know, Frodo, he's bearing the ring on a chain, so it's not like he's he's literally wearing it on his finger. But even uh, it with it just hanging on his neck, you know, on his person, he can just feel its presence. He can feel its power kind of dragging him down. Um, and he can feel the kind of the constant temptation to put the ring on. Yeah. I, I kind of feel that. I know it sounds dramatic, but I kind of feel that in some way with a phone in my pocket. I, I think like... I can just feel its presence. I know that it has a lot of power. Again, you have the world at your fingertips. Mm. And I know that in any given moment, I could like pull it out and, you know, Google something or like just scroll on social media for a while and distract myself and find some dopamine or entertainment that way. And it really is kind of a a, a dangerous thing in a way that we got, we got to recognize it. it can be used for a lot of good, but it can also be used for a lot of wasted time and for a lot of harm. Yeah. And so just putting it away rather than leaving the decision always up to our own willpower, just kind of putting it away, saying, I'm not going to rely on myself. I'm just going to take the, the choice away from myself. That's often just a good step. Yeah. As Catholics, whenever we go to confession, right, we resolve to avoid the occasion of sin. Mm-hmm. Right. And that takes some serious reflection. You have yeah. to think about what in my life are the things that, you know, when I have that ring around my neck that are always tempting me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the solution is to not have it around your neck or mm-hmm. with this case of the cell phone, not having it in your pocket all the yeah. time 
or you know maybe you need to have it with you physically but setting limitations right mm -hmm. making it so that you can't access things that you shouldn't totally have somebody else put on a passcode right that they don't like you don't yes. know accountability yeah have an accountability partner like have a confessor that you go to regularly mm -hmm. have a spiritual director like mm -hmm. you know somebody to hold you accountable for these things that's asking you you know right. how are you doing and where are you struggling and it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be you know anything super serious but if yeah. you're even if it's just a lot of wasted time and procrastinating yeah. yeah yeah having somebody hold you accountable like i know for myself even it might seem kind of mundane right but you have that conversation like you get home from work you're talking to your spouse and they're like, hey, how was your day? How, you know, what yeah, have you been doing? Ordinary right? stuff. And if you think back on your day and you're trying to answer that question honestly, you know, what have I been doing? Mm -hmm. Right. If you spent an hour on YouTube, like doing absolutely nothing for your for your benefit. Tell them that. Then you should at least take pause and be like, oh, yeah, I some of my time I didn't spend very well. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, you know, right. with your spouse, you Hopefully you feel secure in sharing those things and mm -hmm. holding each other accountable and having those conversations. Right. That's so what they're there for. That's 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 a great point too. So like if <clears throat> with your phone in your pocket you feel like Frodo with uh the ring on a chain around his neck, then you need to find yourself a Samwise Gamgee. You need to find <laughs> right, someone yeah. in whom you can confide and who's gonna call you out in in a friendly way and say, Well, look, bro, like you don't need to be wasting time like that. Um, yeah, I, I definitely need to uh a friend offered that to me recently. Um, and I need to take him up on that. Like he, like it was me and, and a friend recently were talking about this, the same topic. And he's like, yeah, I've been wasting a lot of time on my phone. I was like, yeah, so have I been, so we need to, he's like, well, what if we just like set limits on each other's phones and like we check in, make sure we're not wasting time. And I was like, yeah, it's a great idea. And then we, we never did it. But, um, anyway, but, but yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great resolution to have as, as long as we really take action on it. So yeah. And then also just like you said, after we free ourselves of those kind of habits and work towards that, we fill our lives with good things and with good activities. Um, yeah, it's a lot easier to replace a bad habit with a good habit yeah. than it is to just kick the bad habit and have a void. Yeah. Right? Like you're going to fill that time with something. Right. So make sure that it's something not another bad positive. habit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. So uh, thanks for coming on, Greg. I'm yeah, glad dude. we finally got you. Greg, by the way, I, I didn't even introduce him. Greg's a stud. Uh, he is. Uh, a, a guy living here in in Grove City, um, just teaching. Well, you can say your job, I guess. Yeah, I'm a, a director of faith formation at two parishes in the area. Mm -hmm. So I'm in charge of religious ed programs. Uh, one of the parishes, I'm helping out with the confirmation class, which has mm -hmm. been pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's my job. I'm also a husband and a dad. Mm -hmm. I have some awesome sons that are two and a half and six months old, respectively. Mm -hmm. They're pretty sweet, like cutest kids in the world. They're so cute. I know bro. I'm a little bit biased, but they're so they're wild, sweet. dude. No, they they are. I mean, I have a cute nephew, but like, <laughs> like objectively, your your children is so cute, dude. Um, and also, he's my confirmation sponsor. Oh and, yeah, uh, just a general good example of of a Catholic man. So anyway, thanks for coming on, Greg. We've been meaning to have you on for a while. So yeah, dude, thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, alrighty, and uh, yeah, for all of you guys listening, hope you guys have have a good day and a good week. And uh, yeah, God bless. Peace.